Hello, before you go any further, a quick favor from me to you, please. If you're loving my podcast, if I'm helping you change your life or giving you new ideas you never had before, please consider buying me a cup of coffee to thank me and to support me for my free work here. I put a lot of time, love and effort into these podcasts to help all of you get the jobs that you deserve, perhaps change your pronunciation and, of course, bring in the income that you need. If I have helped you, could you please help me? Recently, I lost the sponsorship of the podcast from Anchor and it means that there is zero income coming into this program and yet I'm still trying to record podcasts for you all. So follow the link down in the show notes or you can go to eslbusinessenglishexperts.com or initial-impact.com and sponsor the show by clicking the links there. Thank you very much. Also grab yourself your free mini version of Fix Your Pronunciation Fast, my downloadable coaching audios and video program. It's on a limited basis only, so grab it while you can at impactquantumsuccess.gumroad.com and find the Fix Your Pronunciation link there. Finally, we have one sponsor that's providing free ESL English, IELTS OET, AMC, immigration, jobs, coaching, lots of uh, support and resources there, you need to go to iwantout.wildapricot.org and you can check them out there. Thank you very much. Enjoy the program and keep going. Hello and welcome to another podcast. It is Coach Marky Manila here from ESL, businessenglishexperts.com and initial-impact.com. It's good to have you join me again and welcome to the show. So today I'm going to be continuing the sub-series of Medic. Um, yeah, these podcasts are specifically designed for you if you are a medical professional, uh, whether you're a nurse, a doctor, a pediatrician, whatever, and however you assist. As long as you're a healthcare professional, then this podcast sub-series is for you. And um, also don't run away, even if you're not a medic, um, you might still be able to get some great help and assistance with your vocab out of listening to this. Because remember, if you're studying for your IELTS, you're going to have to discuss a lot of different issues, including maybe healthcare systems, and you're going to pick up a wealth of new vocab by sticking around for this. In addition, if you work in the pharmaceutical industry, you might want to listen up here as well. And just in general, if you're trying to practice your English and want to understand new areas you didn't know anything about, stay tuned. Okay, today we're going to be carrying on about how to find the best possible job for you by looking at how you create that CV and cover letter that's going to swing the deal and get you an interview invite. So let's talk about what a good CV would do for you. So clearly it's not going to get you the job, but it is like the key in the lock to turn the door open to get the job interview. That's where you sell yourself to then get the job offer. So there's two functions, really. Firstly, it's a, an accurate record of your career today, your studying, your history, etc., and your expertise. And also, the cover letter promotes you as the right candidate. So I can't stress this enough. It's very important, medics I'm working with at the moment, to start preparing your CV very early on in your job search because it can take a while to get the required references set up. And you need to have these documents ready to send out as soon as you hear back from the first potential employer or recruiter. All right. So here's some good points for you to consider when setting out to write your CV. Firstly, goes without saying, but come on, be truthful. Present an accurate, truthful picture of the skills, credentials and ambitions. Um, Basically, if an employer gets this and then thinks there's any sort of misleading statements here, then it might 
cause the whole thing to be discarded. So be truthful, uh, because sooner or later, whether it be an interview or even, God forbid, a job offer itself, you might come a cropper. And that's a good expression. It means you're going to get into trouble, into very hot water. And it's not something you want to have known about you, right? That you're somebody who distorts this. So just be accurate and as upfront as you can. Be brief, though, as well. So it's really important for you to understand how the cover letter and CV resume is treated. Reviewers can sort through hundreds of these documents. I know myself when I used to hire and fire um, in a joint company I used to be a co-director of. We would receive lots of applications to be um, an apprentice. And it can take a lot of work here to go through and scan it all. Okay, Time is money. Um, and at the end of the day, we often spend maybe a few seconds to scan it. So it's important your CV screams bright and boldly what your skills are and why invite you to an interview. The CV, maximum of two pages. I've said it before about other jobs. Um, and the cover letter, about three paragraphs of that. You will have loads of opportunity um, to deal with issues you didn't touch upon. But the point is that CV should be focused and written in a way to get you the job interview. Then you can expand further. If you're not sure how to do that, send me your resume. You can get a free service from me at eslbusinessenglishexperts.com. I will review your resume totally free of charge and send you my thoughts back. Then it's up to you as to how you go forward and reconstruct that. Or if you want, we can get a session together. We can construct it for you or I can do it for you. So the details are all on my website. Now, don't be uh, shy about showing off your skills. OK, it's really important. Uh, many cultures have a problem with this. Uh, Japanese doctors in particular and um, also doctors from Hong Kong um, don't feel it's appropriate. Um, to almost be boastful about their experience. But here's the thing. If you're going to try and get a job in Australia, America, or any of these types of countries, they do expect you to really promote yourself highly. So it's important that you get comfortable with the cultural differences if you're going to work overseas and promote yourself, okay, in a very direct fashion. And it might feel uncomfortable to start with, but the better you get at it, the sooner you're going to get a job offer. Really, um, unless you're looking at something that's very non-competitive, um, such as a you know a specialty or something or high demand specialty, it's the whole point of your job search. You've got to promote yourself in any way you can to say, hey, look at me, I'm the right candidate for the job. Especially if you are relocating to another country, you're going to be competing with the natives of that country. You've got to almost be double, double as good. Okay. Also ensure you get the right references. So start by lining up three or four people who you can contact who are prepared to, yeah, to say, yeah, you are who you say you are and you're a great hire. Um, really, you, you know, you, you want to be understanding something here. They will be probably asked about all aspects of your professional skill, your personality, your behavior, clinical judgment, social skills, your reputation, work ethic. Um, also, the way that you might adapt to new or stressful situations, handle stress, and they might even be asked to decide or to say what they feel your best practice environment would be. So these references can either help you or damage your job search. So crucial, you pick the right people to work with. Generally speaking, I recommend you pick references from physicians who've worked with you closely and you've had some sort of authority or management role over you. Um, 
Typically, these would be your program directors, uh, your chief resident, and one or two attending physicians. Also, um, I would say don't choose fellow workers. So people who are not supervising you, so please don't include other residents, nurses, medical staff, support staff, because in this case, um, the people you choose need to know you well enough to answer the wide ranging questions that they have to answer. And if they can't do this for you because they don't know you in that capacity, it's kind of pointless having them on your resume and their impact will be minimized, which won't help you. So go for people, as I say, who have had some authority or really know you well in all areas. Also, again, probably shouldn't have to say this, but don't choose people who you think might not be a supporter of you or very enthusiastic because these types of people can really um, damage you. Um, for example, it, like in the UK, for example, you cannot, um, on a reference, you cannot actually discriminate and say, please don't hire this person, they were terrible. That isn't allowed. But what they can do is they can do it in such a way that people read between the lines, meaning they can guess what they're saying. So if somebody said, yeah, they were an adequate employee, they kind of met the, the minimum standards of our company, that is pretty much like criticizing you, okay, without overtly saying it. And you shouldn't ask these types of people to be anywhere near your resume or cover letter and references, okay? Um, look, if you think about it um, and you feel that you wouldn't ask your director or, you know, um, head clinician to provide a reference because you feel that they won't support you, um, you know, you may be concerned um, that employers might wonder why you didn't pick that person. But this concern is minor compared to the risk, okay, of not having them assess you in a positive way. So I would still say go for somebody, even if it isn't the top, you know, clinical director or program director, go for somebody who is probably a safer vet, still got the capacity to answer all the questions. If you're totally unsure, okay, whether to include anybody um, from your program or residency as a reference, um, I would contact others who had the same um, sort of options as you and ask what they did. Um, they might tell you that the person you weren't sure of or not sure of has given them actually a really sterling report and reference. Um, and then you might decide to use them as that reference. But it's also advisable to ask with them first. It's just courtesy to say, could I put you down as a reference, right? It's just polite, it's the right thing to do. You don't want them just getting contacted out of the blue, meaning surprise phone call or email from some other hospital and then not know anything about it. So do them a favor and give them a heads up. And also, when you ask them, if they seem reluctant or holding back, then you might think, oh, maybe they're not the best fit after all because you don't want to use them. And so you've saved yourself and possibly having a bad reference or somebody, like I say, who's kind of, yeah, not being so helpful. Also, remember, the references or the referees need to be available when potential employers call. Um, if they're not immediately available, it's important they call back within a 24-hour window because ultimately reference checkers, I don't know, standard process tends to be they make three attempts to contact a referee before then giving up. And you don't want your referees to be so unavailable that that happens and it spoils your chances of getting a job. Also, um, some uh, references um, offer to write you a letter of recommendation in advance, okay? So they don't have to answer the phone calls. 
But remember this, employers prefer to call because they think that that way, the questions that they ask and the responses will be more honest and frank rather than getting a written uh, letter of reference. So, you know, some employers do like a letter of reference as well. Okay, so it's good that you can perhaps ask that option as well, but make sure that your referees um, or references have several weeks advance notice so they can really put together a nice recommendation. They haven't just quickly, you know, banged off an email for you or something. Now, when it comes to your resume, the CV, okay, um, for new physicians, you're just going to have a simple, simple document, right? Okay, it should list your education uh, and licensing that clearly you have, honours, awards, publications, researches, you know, anything that you have been part of. Um, Experts tend to want um, the CV to sh start with a short little light summary of why uh, employees should pick you. So it should be like your executive statement, a short promo message. Um, and this message should be different for each employer. This is why I say to all of my candidates and students here, look, you have to have a CV template and then insert new opening paragraphs each time. Do not, do not send the same standard CV to every hospital or practice you want to be at. It's bad practice. It's like the equivalent of telling, like if you're applying to 40 hospitals, as I said to one student earlier, I said, look, it's like telling 40 women you love them in all the same way. It's not gonna look good for you, all right? So really, ultimately, make sure that you ensure every single application you make is tailored towards why that particular hospital is attractive to you and change the CV, the resume. Have your template, but alter the beginning part and also the cover letter too, please. Um, if you're not convinced by that, think about it like this. Hospitals, they notoriously are very close-knit and they will know other people within other hospitals and they talk. So they might say, oh yeah, we've heard of this candidate. He messaged us, what did he say to you? And I say, well, he said exactly the same thing as he said to you. Okay, so it doesn't look good if you're just mass mailing the same stuff and saying you've only ever wanted to work for their hospital, but in fact you've sent that to 40 hospitals, all right? Don't do it, it's going to cause a big no. Now, um, the opening paragraph pretty much operates the same as the cover letter, okay? And let's just look at um, how you're going to do this, all right? So this is the basics of writing the rest of the CV, okay? So the format for the CV, okay, um, I can, again, provide you with some fantastic links to great uh, physician CVs and resumes. Um, but in general, it runs to about two pages long. You want your name and contact info, large, bold face, but not too big. It doesn't take up, like, huge amounts of space. You want to keep your space for your education starting moving back in time with your fellowships, uh, residency, med school, uni, and of course include the position or the degree that you took, make it stand out with some bold typefaces, um, names of organizations or dates of service there as well. Please do explain gaps in your timeline. So any gap suggests that you might have had career problems. So sort that out by inserting a short career note directly within the education section of your resume. Okay, so you can say, well, I took a gap year here to volunteer to help with, uh, I don't know, you know, um, Medicine Sans Frontier or whatever it is, okay? So explain the gaps and what they were for and try to make it something really useful, not that you were sat, you know, staring at the ceiling for six months or something. Even if you were, try to be creative about explaining that. 
and saying you're using it to reflect upon your career progress and studying different avenues, which then led you to obviously applying for this. Um, put your board certification. So again, the last uh, the month, sorry, the year, the board number, um, and obviously list all the parts that you've completed. The medical license. So if it's applicable, you know, the state and license number, any honours and awards. Okay, so put all of your different membership and med school and residency honours down there. And of course, research projects, any ones that you have had published. Okay, um, if you haven't had them published, then put the research projects down there um, that, you know, instead of being published, but you have been part of these projects. It shows that you are active. Now, again, I shouldn't have to say this, but I do. Um, edit and proofread that resume and that CV, please. All right. Many employers can throw out ones with typographical errors. And of course, if English isn't your first language, it's really important that you're constructing this in a native or as native way possible. Um, not using slang. And of course, make sure the grammar is right. Because remember, it is a first impression. It counts. So ask people like myself, a coach, a mentor, some faculty member, your program director, whoever you can trust to do a good job here, to look at it and critique it, okay? And keep it really simple, but you want it to be easy to see. So what I recommend here, stick to Arial font um, and 11 point is about right, okay? Also, um, don't use loads of graphics or colored type or put a photo of yourself. I mean, look, sometimes and photos are asked for if you're in Asia, um, but if that isn't the standard format or you're not sure, then don't put them on, okay? Uh, if an employer really wants to see a photo, then they, they will ask you, okay? But most employers, certainly over in the West, they don't see them. They don't ask for them because it's known to be discriminatory, right? If you're judging somebody on like maybe how someone looks, okay, then that wouldn't be good. So don't put it on. Also, just for the UK, so you know, you don't even have to put your age on there, okay, or your marital status. So that's another important thing because we have laws against that protecting. Um, it shouldn't matter what age you are, your marital status, your religion, anything like that doesn't have to go on there. If an employer asks you directly about that, it is discriminatory and you could actually have a case against them, even the interview process for asking that. So most employers would understand that and know to avoid it. Um, also, we want to be very careful about this. So when you write, make sure it's good. Okay, Writing your own CV is not difficult. Um, there are many options available, as I said, whether it be coaching session with myself or, you know, checking out against a website, templates, etc., or getting a friend to double check it, but it can take time. And writing that creative cover letter is really important because it sells your skills and takes a special talent. So again, you can get a service like myself where I write it for you, it's done for you, okay? Or I can do it in a coaching session with you and you can write it, but we work on it together in the sessions, then you go away and put it all together and then we double check it, okay? Um, there are also, of course, many other services out there and some of them even include search engine optimization, which again, um, I offer as part of my service because some of these resumes are now being scanned by artificial intelligence first. They're not going to a recruiter or an employer at first at all. They are being checked by a mechanical device and it's looking for keywords, okay? So we really want your CV to have these keywords in in case that technique is used, which it is more and more. So it comes to the top of the employer's potential search pile. 
Um, the prices do vary greatly. You can go anywhere up to $300, to be fair, with some online. And um, so it's really important to shop around. And of course, you can get a fantastic deal with my website as well at eslbusinessenglishexperts.com. Now, um, some companies uh, do offer to check this for you, but make sure that they have experience in this, okay? Because it's essential you're working with somebody who knows how it works within the medical professions like myself and others. I've worked with numerous physicians, medics, nurses, etc., um, And I know what and what not to include and make sure that whoever you're working with does the same. The cover letter um, <clears throat> should be sent with the CV or the resume. And really the first paragraph of the uh, resume is a good place to set yourself apart from other candidates. Why you? You want to highlight your skills. Um, I'm not just saying teamwork, leadership, problem solving. Yes, you want to put those in. But at the end of the day, you want to point out why. So what have you done that's been great teamwork? How many people have you led? Okay, what problems did you solve? You want to make it very specific. Um, so you could say, I led a team of 20 um, in a department for cardiology, for example. Okay, um, we reduced the number of adverse events in our department by 25% in the first month of me starting there. So make these your key highlighted skills and what you did the impact there and then. Okay, also um, note your interest here in the location. So it's important here, maybe not so much so for others. But for the medical professions, perhaps mention that you either went to school there, you grew up there. Um, such things are kind of valued by employers. And um, even though it shouldn't be these days, um, it's important. And again, you need to know if you are going for a job overseas, that this could be what you are competing with. If somebody's gone to school there and is local, it shouldn't make a difference, but it often can. This is why you've got to bring lots of other skills to the game to stand the chance of getting the job offer. Um, also, make sure that your first few paragraphs or so kind of make you human. Um, bring up some interest, hobbies, special, you know, personal interests, whatever. But don't give too many, all right? You really just want to keep them to the bare minimum, throw a few in, but your main focus should be practicing medicine and why you got into it and what you hope to achieve next for this particular organization um, or hospital. So the tips for writing your cover letter, um, obviously include material for a specific recruiter or um, hospital and make sure you read it exceptionally well before sending it off and um, start the letter with a name you know if you're putting dear sir stroke madam or to whom you may concern it's too generic and it gets a generic standard response so take the time to find the proper person to send the name to if you don't know call the department find out or call the company find out be very enthusiastic send an idea convey your passion for medicine helping patients and how you did it all right don't sound desperate Okay, so even if you really want it, they want to choose you on your merits. So just show them you're quietly confident and why you are really passionate about working for their particular organization. Keep it short as well. So the opening paragraph should be maximum of four sentences, preferably three. Um, and the cover letter, three or four paragraphs. So again, proofread it, no typos and everything should be good. Okay, then sign off the cover letter and make sure you say something positive like, you know, I wait to hear your further reply, looking forward to hearing from you or um, looking forward to arranging to meet you at an interview is even better because you're suggesting an interview is the next step and suggest the best way to reach you. You can reach me on my email address 
or my cell phone number or whatever it is that is blah 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 and also finish it in a nice warm and friendly way all right um so um for example it's really important for you to know something else here when you sign off in a friendly way you can also put a ps that means postscript at the end okay that might enable you to point out a specific high level skill that could be really of interest to them so let me explain for example um you could say uh, something kind of interesting right um and you might say you know oh p.s by the way i'm actually um, an amateur comedian okay in my spare time i'm good at making people laugh laughter is the best medicine and i often find it relaxes my patients and i will show you how i can bring that kind of you know added benefit to your practice it's kind of interesting it gives a human aspect and um, often we find from market research that a ps will be read before the main body of the letter most people are like curious and they look down first oh what's this ps and it says oh he's a comedian and he's he's very good at making people laugh and that seems to help people get well better so this is kind of unusual right so try to do something that makes you stand up but for the right reasons and obviously be careful what you put there and um, then send it off really you can email it um upload the cv to your um, an employment site whatever it is um, but what I would say, convert the document into a PDF so that it can't be changed or altered when people open the file. You'd be surprised. Also, uh, Word can get corrupted a lot and stuff moves around. I hate it personally. Um, so change it into PDF. It's better. All right. Also, as I've said to you, do not scattergun that resume and CV everywhere. Okay. If it comes up all over at like 40 hospitals all at the same time, it really doesn't look like you're interested in any particular offering. And whatever you're saying to each of them makes it look like, yeah, and he said the same to me and the same to me. And oh, yeah, we want to give this guy or this girl a bit of a wide berth, meaning we don't want to touch them, right? So remember that. And of course, um, everybody is posting digital CVs these days and resumes. You might want to make a bit of an impact in a different way. Here's what I recommend. If you're trying to get into a very difficult situation or you're an overseas um, candidate, you could make an impression by actually printing your CV, okay, and sending it in a letter to them. Use very high quality paper stock, send it by registered mail to make sure it's arrived. And I think you will be delighted by the response you get by that. In fact, it's one of my top super tips that can get you into um, particular positions or opportunities where other candidates have failed, okay? So please consider this your kind of 101 to how to create that best CV and cover letter. Also, if you found this interesting, please, please, please do recommend uh, these podcasts to as many of your colleagues as possible. I want to help as many people as I can, especially those in the caring professions. This is why I've launched this sub-series to help those of you trying to get into medical positions elsewhere in the world, or indeed in your own country. Um, tweet me out, put me out on your Zuckerberg, your professional profiles, wherever you can link me to, please, please. These podcasts are totally free for you, and that's all I ask. Um, if you want to do something a little bit extra, you can sponsor a segment for just 99 cents. Go to me on Spotify and sponsor the show, and that's all you have to do. If you want to do a one-off thing rather than a monthly subscription, you can buy me a coffee, and that, again, is greatly appreciated. 
But whatever and however you can support me, thank you very much for listening. Good luck with this. Any questions, get in touch. The details are all down below. And remember, you can get yourself a 60-minute money-back guaranteed session with me where we send you away armed with everything you need to great, to make yourself a great first impression and to get yourself a lovely brand new job where you want to be in the world. Stay safe. Take care. I'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to my podcast and if you have enjoyed it, please feel free to sponsor a segment. If you're listening on Spotify, you can simply go to sponsor this podcast and you will be able to sponsor me for as little as just 99 cents a month, which is highly affordable and also gratefully appreciated. If you prefer to do something one-off, then you can just simply buy me a cup of coffee. Again, details are in the show notes below each program and you can click there and pay securely via Stripe. And again, this enables me to continue providing these podcasts totally free of charge for you all here so even if you can't afford high level coaching i'm sure that every now and again you might want to sponsor me to enable this podcast to keep running for as long as possible for you thank you in advance for everything you can do to help keep me keeping these going for you and of course you can just simply help me by spreading the word about the podcast Put me on your social media, everywhere that you go, tweet about me, blog about me, whatever you'd like to do about me, as long as it's beneficial and it's polite, okay? I welcome all of that, but please just circulate the information far and wide. Our job here in the Coach Mark Manila family is to get this information into the hands of the people like you who really need this and deserve to get this at a really free price. Take care. I'll see you soon.